Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's rivalry week in college football, one of the best weeks of the year. We've got Florida State hosting Florida. Florida State coming off the big win that they had over Boston College. The unbeaten Central Florida Knights are at South Florida and the Raymond James Stadium. That's going to be a big uh, event there. More than 50,000 tickets already sold. Michigan is at Ohio State. Notre Dame at Southern Cal. And Matt Baker, the college football writer for the Tampa Bay Times, well, he's right here with us today breaking all of that down for you on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Matt's going to join us in just a minute. But, folks, are you ready for a magical day on the river? I mean, the weather is beautiful. The kids are getting out of school for the holidays. You need to do something as a family. Well, I'm going to tell you what you do. Seven days a week, you can experience the wonder and magical charm with Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees in Crystal River. This is the ultimate family bonding experience. Ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour and be sure to ask about their free offer for active law enforcement officers and U.S. military. This requires a purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price. After that, you're eligible for the free tour. Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company in Kings Bay and Crystal River. I've been there. It's absolutely beautiful. I have done this. I have swam uh, with these beautiful creatures. It is uh, something that you'll never forget. Um, it's pure paradise up there. Ask about their pontoon boat rentals, kayak rentals, bicycle rentals, and much more. Book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-571-1888. Captain Mike, Swimming with the Manatees, do this with your family. You won't regret it. All right, Matt Baker joins us now. And, Matt, you were uh, at an exciting game, which I watched on uh, television, um, FSU beating Boston College in a dramatic uh, comeback at Florida State. Clearly the biggest win of the Willie Taggart era. They're still a game shy of uh, qualifying for a bowl and all those things, and they got Florida coming up this weekend. But tell us about the comeback and just sort of what it meant to that program. I think it meant an awful lot. Like, if – Willie Taggart is going to get FSU going in the future, and I'm still not convinced that he is. But if he is, that might have been one of those turning points. Um, you know, it is Florida State's first win over a ranked team since the Orange Bowl after the 2016 season against Michigan. Um, again, it, it preserved bowl eligibility at least for another week, so they have something other than pride to play for on Saturday against the Gators. And, and I could have really easily seen things going really south if you lose that. Uh, again, I don't think you quit for uh, on th- for this weekend just because Florida Florida State is such a big rivalry. But this certainly gives them some momentum and some juice, and it's kind of a maybe in some ways it's a proof of concept thing. Like, hey, maybe we can do this. What I've been saying hasn't been crazy. We we, we can turn this thing around. Um, I, I guess that's kind of the positive spin on it. The negative spin on it is I was not very impressed with Boston College at all. They did not have a lot of skill. They had good lines, not great lines. They had one good pass rusher. Um, A.J. Dillon's a very good running back for them, but you know he still had 100 yards on FSU and he was banged up. Uh, Boston College quarterback was banged up, and it took you know a two-minute drive at the end, really just one uh, 
long play, the touchdown pass from DeAndre Francois to Tamori and Terry to, to win it. So, again, you can kind of view that either way. But if FSU is going to get something going in, in the Willie Taggart era, that was kind of one of the turning points or maybe the turning point. I mean, it was a, it was still sort of a marquee matchup in Boston College was ranked, but um, I was stunned when I watched it uh, how few fans were at that game. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was the smallest crowd since 1988, I believe it was, and the wow. sta- the stadium, you know, Doak was a, a lot smaller than um, at least the announced crowd. Now, I'm pretty sure there were more people actually in the stands. On Saturday than there were last year against Louisiana and Monroe in the the hurricane rescheduled game. Sure. And again, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what the crowd is on Saturday. I know some Gators people think that they can get a lot more blue and orange than garnet and gold. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what this split will be, but you know, college attendance. We've talked about this. It, attendance is a big problem across the country. You know, even your your blue bloods, your your Penn States, Alabama, Florida, Florida states are not immune to it. But you could see the fan base really starting to bail on FSU quickly. It's a fickle fan base, I think, to some degree. It's not like Nebraska where they were selling out every game no matter what, win, lose, 4-8, and eight, you know, 13-0, whatever. So we'll see whether that kind of gets the fan base back on because, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game. It wasn't the prettiest win, but it was a win over a top 25 team. And, and maybe that's kind of something to get the, to get the fan base riled up for a little bit. Well, I mean, this is rivalry weekend, of course, and uh, and and I, you know, what they say about this. Although I don't think it'll hold true this week, but that you throw out the records and all those things. But these these are guys that played against each other in high school. They're not necessarily intimidated. Um, usually, pretty pretty geeked up to play some of their former teammates and rivals. Um, and, and so, do you? I mean, again, anything can happen in college football. I think Florida is a better football team, but I did see some things from from FSU's offense that I like, starting with. The fact they got Cam Akers going. Yeah, absolutely. The the offensive line is still not very good, but I think they'll you know, there's it's shown some signs of life here lately. Um mm-hmm. again, there's no question that FSU's running backs are really good with Jacques Patrick and Cam Akers. It's just they but you know, it's hard to do much if you get the ball and you can take one step before somebody's in your face. And it that's yeah. been that way far too often this year. Um but but Cam Akers is an electric player. That they, they keep saying that he just needs to be a little bit more patient or early on when they were struggling, he was trying to do too much too early. And sometimes you need to wait a little bit, just take you know that slight pause and let the hole open up for you. And I think he was able to show a little bit of that on Saturday. Again, he, he wasn't dominant. He wasn't a, a, a superstar player. He didn't rush for 250 yards or anything, but he had a good game and he had, a, I think it was a 55 yard run in the fourth quarter that set up a field goal that you know, kind of got them back in it a little bit. So if FSU is going to have a chance of beating the Gators, Cam Akers is going to have to have a, a big game. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, I thought it was interesting. Dan Mullen was asked about wanting, if he wanted, you know, to stop FSU's bowl streak. He didn't shy away from it. He said he did. You know, when you think about bowl streaks, and I mean, this is an incredible uh, run that they've had here, and it would be a real disappointment for Florida State not to go to one, although if they beat Florida, they're eligible. Um but I think what people sometimes forget about is that it's a huge advantage because you get an extra month of preparation and work in with your younger players, with your entire football team, and then, of course, the reward at the end of a long season. So it's not insignificant from a program standpoint to not have a bowl game. 
There's pros and cons to it. Um, you get the 15 extra practices, which are huge, especially for Florida State. You know, there's still obviously they've been in the system for a year now, but there's a lot of things that the players and coaches are still figuring out. It's great for the young guys. I'll argue the other side, though. It would not be the worst thing if Florida State didn't, in, you know, if they if the streak ended. You know, obviously it's a point of pride. It, it's in the media guide. It's something the fans care about. It's something. It's one of those hallmarks of how well the the, the program has done over the years to continue to at least be at the pretty good level. And obviously they, they've been on, on higher levels than that. But the the other argument is, does it re- how much does it really matter? If FSU, you know, like they did last year, they, they they go six and six. They play in Shreveport against directional nobody cares state. How much does that really matter? Versus, look, Florida State has a, they have some talent. There's no question about that. But they have a lot of holes to fill. The offensive line is a mess. They don't have, you know, their linebackers haven't been very good. The secondary hasn't been good enough. Um, they've got some young receivers who have performed well in flashes, but they need more of them. They just need more talent they need more people who fit this system the only way to get that obviously is recruiting and it, so in my eyes it wouldn't be the worst thing for florida state if they lost and were able to spend that extra time recruiting figuring out you know who we need uh where do we need them where do we get them for the early period and then also for the the, the traditional february signing period and, and the, the 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 one i'm thinking of in my head is oregon last year willie taggart's old team I think they, you know, they were trying to balance signing day with playing. I think it was like Boise or somebody in a bowl game, and and it was a, it was a mess. Um, so I, it would not be the worst thing if FSU said, you know what, the the, the bowl streak is done, it's done. We're going to devote all that extra time to recruiting and getting the players that we need, so that next year and the year after that, it's not, oh man, are we going to go to the the Gasparilla Bowl, or are we going to go to the the walk-on Independence Bowl, Weed Eaters, whatever it is anymore? No, what is it? We need to get the dudes to get us to the Orange Bowl again and to get us competing for a national championship again. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, I guess I see your point. I mean, it's not so much about the game itself, but just the I, I would think the practices is a thing. But if your coaches are are more free perhaps to go out and, and recruit high school talent, see them, um, meet with them, then, yeah, certainly if you can replenish your roster, that's that's going to be what they need to do. So um, we'll see if Florida State can keep that uh, that streak alive. And, and for the Gators, um, a win for them would uh, help them how? Where, where would that land them, do you think? Well, it would help them because they've lost five in a row <clears throat> to the Seminoles. Um, so that's the first thing is they need sure. to write that that rivalry uh, and, and make it a rivalry again because it wasn't one under Jimbo Fisher. I think Jimbo only lost to the Gators once, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is uh, th- there's another state or state team that that'll have a, a point in this discussion, but. Florida can really state its claim that they're the best team in the state, aside from maybe that the one in Orlando that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, you know, Miami has ha, obviously was very good last year, not very good this year. Florida State is it has been down the last two years, and 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 you know I, I don't know where they're going to be going forward. But Florida certainly looks like it's on the upswing, doing very well so far already under Dan Mullen. If they win, they're nine and three. I think. When we will find out more with the latest college football playoff rankings come out, and you know there's some big games this weekend that'll decide things too. But the Gators have a very good chance, at least, of making it to a New Year's Six Bowl again, maybe even against UCF, which would be awesome. So for them to have that kind of trajectory 
in year one under Mullen would be huge. Again, uh, kind of fixing the, the rivalry and getting it back more on even ground uh, would be big as well for them to state their case that they're the best team and the best program in the state. Uh, and that if, hey, if you're a really good recruit in Tampa, Miami, wherever, this is where you need to go. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's absolutely true for, for all of that. We've got um, other games, of course, in the state right here in Tampa. USF hosting uh, Central Florida, which is coming off uh, that big nationally televised win over Cincinnati. A great atmosphere. Um, we got to watch them on on uh, on ABC, and and the bounce house was was rocking. Uh, for USF, I mean, they've lost four in a row in uh, in kind of in horrific fashion last week, blowing what like a seventeen to nothing lead. Um, this is a game that's already sold 50,000 tickets at Raymond James Stadium. I mean, it's going to be a, um, you know, a, a big, a big event there. Uh, biggest crowd USF has played under for a very long time. Yep. I, all I can say is that UCF has a lot more on the line. I mean, I know they're, they're, they're cracking, uh, you have them ranked seventh <laughs> nationally. Um, Correct. but, but for USF, what a great opportunity for them. I mean, they, they really have a chance to to break the nation's longest winning streak here. Yeah, absolutely they do. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things, like you said earlier, you throw the records out and, and this, that, and the other. Um, USF obviously was very close to beating these guys last year. If they defend a kickoff properly, then who knows whether we're talking about UCF in the in quite the same way that we are now. Um, but uh, USF hasn't, played well enough the last month or so maybe even longer than that to make you think that they can beat these guys look Mackenzie Milton for the Knights has been playing at a very high level you know when I fill out my Heisman Trophy ballot here in a couple weeks I'll probably start with a list of I don't know five ten names and kind of you know go through the pros and cons of each and Mackenzie Milton will absolutely be in that discussion one of those guys and I'm going to look at um and I don't know if USF has the, the horses on defense to be able to slow them down. And, and I'm not sure about USF's offense at this point either. Now, the good thing is UCF's defense is is a weakness. Um, they played pretty well against Cincinnati, but I'm still not sold on the unit overall. So, that, you know, there are some chances for, for the Bulls to, to get some points and maybe turn it into a shootout track meet. And, you know, maybe they get a kickoff return for a touchdown or a scoop and score or something weird and fluky like that. But um, you know, just the way they've played the last couple weeks, I, I don't, I don't feel particularly good about the Bulls' chances. Do you, Rick? No, they're not. They're not playing well. I mean, yeah, I think that's. I think momentum is everything in college football, and um, I, I think you know when you start stacking losses, it's like the opposite of when you stack wins. If they were coming in into this game with a, a big win or two, sure, you give them a chance. But defensively, they've just not been good all year, and um, I think it would take a lot of mistakes by UCF for them to lose. And plus, UCF. You know, is trying to go back to back with undefeated seasons, which is hard to do. And they yep. they stand to get they stand to get a pretty good bowl game out of this, um, Matt. I think if uh, if they're able to take down UCF. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UCF. Uh, wait, if UCF or USF? I UCF. get confused. <laughs> yeah. Central um, Florida, the Knights. Yes. Stand yes, to the, get the, a pretty good bowl game, I think, out of it. Even though they, I know yes. they want to be national. They want to be in the national championship bowl series but that that's not very unlikely to happen right yeah there, there's too many there's too many good is teams there a scenario is there a scenario you could paint like the the, the dream scenario for ucf would <clears throat> yeah. be what okay so here you go take out your paper and pen you're gonna get quizzed <laughs> on this later because so here's this. what i know you've what, done this here's what needs to happen 
Bama needs to lose to Auburn and probably lose to Georgia because that, you know, two loss Bama might not be good enough. Clemson needs to lose to South Carolina and then lose to Pitt. UCF beat Pitt earlier this year. So if UCF has a win over the ACC champs, that helps a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Notre Dame needs to lose to USC. I think Ohio State needs to beat Michigan and and Northwestern may or may not need to even win the Big Ten at that point um, to, to help to make it happen. Oklahoma needs to lose this weekend to West Virginia and then lose to Texas, probably in the Big 12 title game. So <laughs> that's a lot of losing. <laughs> uh, we're not we're, we're almost done. Um, Washington, I think, needs to beat Washington State for the Apple Cup. And, and it would it would be helpful if Utah won the Pac-12 there as well. Um and LSU might need to lose this weekend too. Wow! I think that's probably about it. Now that's it, their maybe best there's path. Some, maybe there's yeah, and then obviously they have to win, and then uh, um, you know hope that uh, Houston or whoever it is on the West it looks good this week to make the you know prop up the AAC championship game win a little bit more. So it, there is a path. Um, it's very unlikely they need a lot of help. Um, I what what I wish. Our, our, our buddy Tom Jones wrote about how uh, insufferable UCF fans ha- have become over the last year and a half. And believe me, yeah, I, I've yeah. interacted with I've interacted with one or two on 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 Twitter. Um, what I would encourage this this sounds patronizing, and I hope it's not because I don't mean it that way. But I think it'd be nice if UCF and the fans took a step back for a second. Okay, yes, I, I agree. The playoff needs to be expanded. To, to eight, I wrote that a couple of years ago. I've felt that way for a long time. But appreciate what's going on right now. Like, what, what is it? Twenty three games in a row for UCF. That's remarkable. That doesn't That's happen incredible. very often. Um, right. It they're they're on one of the best streaks in, in, in state history, and they're really good. And they have a fantastic, fun quarterback to watch, and some fantastic skill players who are fun to watch. And they were able to go from one head coach to another without missing a beat. And that doesn't happen very often either. So, yes, you know, we, we can rattle our sabers and, and, and want change in this and the other. But I, I guess I would say that I hope UCF fans also take a step back and say, you know what? This is really cool. This might never happen again. Um, you know, when I've been fortunate enough to cover some, some big games over the years, I always give myself a moment just before kickoff, like, you know, t- just take it all in. Let's enjoy it, because I don't know if I'm ever going to get to do this again. So I hope UCF fans are doing a little bit of that, too, while they're uh, rattling their sabers and, and, and you know, yelling nasty things to Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> I got to give Kirk credit for going up there into the into the mouth of the lion there um, last week in college game day, but he <laughs> yeah. managed to do that. You're absolutely right. Win streaks are tough, and, and it doesn't matter what level you're talking about. Um, fans should enjoy that, you know, just like you should enjoy any time your team is successful. It's fleeting. It can be fleeting. A couple coaching changes, a quarterback leaves, and then all of a sudden you're USF yep. again. <laughs> you know, so Correct. I mean, that's kind of the way it's been. Um, speaking of South Florida, I mean, any any more buzz or any buzz at all about Charlie Strong and just what uh, whether or not his, he may get opportunities elsewhere? You know, uh, our, our our buddy Joey Knight kind of touched on that uh, the other day, because um, the Texas buyout money is is done after this year, but USF 
the, here's a here's a good thing. They have enough money to pay them, so um, the checks are going to sure. keep uh, getting direct deposited into Charlie's account every other week or, or whatever it is. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I don't have a great read on this coaching carousel coming up. Um, right. That well, we we've seen some of the changes already. Obviously, Louisville and Colorado are looking for new coaches. Kansas hired right. Les Miles, which is the best worst idea ever. As, as a as a college football <laughs> writer and a college football fan who loves the sport, it's, awesome. it's fantastic. Um, yeah. But like Kansas, yeah. I mean, maybe he gets him to five and seven and six and six and and you know flames out and but he at least gets him to respectable. So we'll see. But there, I don't have a good enough read on some of the other ones, like USC with Clay Helton. I don't think they keep him, but his buyout is supposed to be ridiculous, like north of $15 million. So maybe they feel like they need to. And if he goes, then who will, you know, just like a, uh, James Franklin take that job? And, and what are the other dominoes? Um, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. I, I was watching him against Maryland in, in the press box. Uh, that was painful. It, it was. And yeah. I don't know how much longer he can keep doing that um doesn't it seem obvious to you i mean matt let's just stop right there because i was going to bring that up and and, and we talk about ohio state michigan but doesn't it seem obvious to you now that um urban for whatever reason doing the interview i know yahoo sports and others posted about some of his past medical problems all of this seems like we're headed towards a conclusion ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In Ohio State with him, or in, whether it's coaching or coaching at Ohio State or coaching in college football, I don't know what's going to happen. But right now, I it just for all the 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 sort of things that are happening with him on the sidelines and the reactions to when things go bad, I don't see how he can maintain this from a health standpoint. I don't I don't see how he can either, Rick. It's it's painful to watch, and it, it's unfortunate. You know, the Gators fans and people down here don't don't love the guy um because of you know obviously he did great things but he left an absolute mess that in some ways maybe florida still hasn't dug itself quite out of um but he's a heck of a coach i mean he he just is and i do think he's taken some steps and and changed some things over the years i I think he runs it obviously the zach smith stuff aside which is a giant aside I do think he runs a cleaner program now, at least with the, from the player perspective at Ohio State than he did at Florida. So he, he's, he's taken some steps, but the way things are going, I don't see how it's sustainable. Here's the kicker in all this, though, Rick. Urban is, is an insanely competitive guy. We, we, we both agree, and I think a lot of other observers think that it, it's not going well and it, it, it probably needs to end. What if he gets trounced by Michigan on Saturday? Which yeah. is certainly likely, or certainly possible, considering how well the Wolverines have been playing and, and how rough Ohio State has looked. So what if he, what if he lose, what if he not just loses by by three? What if he loses by seventeen? What if he loses by twenty four? Mm. Is that the way he's going to want to go out? Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, he'll have a bowl game, but um, it won't be quite the Correct. same. Correct, but but your your last your last regular season game, you got trounced by your arch rival and by Jim Harwell by twenty four points or whatever. I I don't know if he's going to be able to to handle that. But I, but the way things are going, I don't know if he can continue to to come back for another year when he, he's burning this hot. It's you know, I don't wish ill on anybody, so I hope he. Again, I don't. I'm not privy to all of this health information, but it doesn't look good. And I hope he figures out something that gives him peace, whatever that means. Yeah, I don't know what form that will take. Whether that's broadcasting or going someplace else, heck, maybe even the NFL. I don't know, but um, it seems to me. And and look, their football team <laughs> to say they're struggling. I mean, you give up that many points to a to a Maryland team, and they basically ran the ball all over you. Uh, yep. And Maryland could have could have won that game. I understand why they went for two and didn't get it, but it sure felt like a loss. And if if Ohio State were to beat Michigan, I mean, does this does this impact them? Just that game against Maryland and, and the optics of that? Yeah, because where they are right now, I mean, again, we'll we'll see in the latest college football playoff rankings. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday morning, and they'll come out uh, Tuesday night. But I, they're to me the weakest one loss team in the country, and it's probably not close you know i've got them below on on my ballot i've got them at 11 below two loss lsu below two loss west virginia um and obviously below um washington state and ucf too so they they just haven't their their one loss the, the purdue one was terrible they did not look good against maryland one of the surprises to me is just how again you touched on but how bad that defense is they're they're not they they have some good players now. Bosa has been out. Obviously, that's a big blow. But you know they took they poached Alex Grinch from Washington State was one of the kind of hottest coordinators in the country. Added him to the staff. Your your boy uh, Greg Schiano. Um, Matt, it's all good. about Greg. I'm telling you, it's all about <laughs> Greg Schiano. I saw him do this with the Bucks. If you watch them play, okay, he takes players out of position to make plays. This guy is is so uber aggressive and over aggressive and and blitzes on first, second, and third down plays cover zero all the time. It's incredible to me. You could have a twenty point lead and it's not going to be safe the way he calls defenses. And and if at minimum, I would think. And I'm I was watching the game because uh, I was I was at Yankee Stadium getting ready to uh, to watch the Notre Dame uh, play Syracuse and it was on TV and we were watching it and I'm going, you know, I saw this. I saw this when Shiano was in the NFL. He had a 21-point lead against the Giants and he's letting Eli Manning take shots down the field in man coverage all day. And Eli threw for like 500 yards and beat him. Right. So he just I, – I, if I'm Urban Meyer, the first thing I'm doing is firing Greg Shiano. And I mean that because, you know, there's no reason that Ohio State's defense can't stop Maryland from scoring 50-something points. I mean, really? You're absolutely right. And, again – They've had some injuries there, um, but they don't seem to have a kind of your 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 big dog, your your dude that everybody listens to and says, hey, we're going to get a stop and let's do it. They, they don't seem yeah, to have that true. kind of internal leadership, um, but they still have and, and they've they've been depleted by the draft, especially in the secondary the last couple of years. But it, for Maryland. them to be this bad is inexplicable. Yeah, exactly. It's It's inexplicable. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. So I'll be interested to see what changes. If Urban does stay, what changes they make there. Um, speaking of the Ohio State-Michigan, I know, Steve, the big uh, love you blue guy, go blue and all that. Um, so don't don't feel bad if you upset him. But here's my theory about Michigan-Ohio State. And Michigan's playing really well right now. But Jim Harbaugh still plays yep. a style on offense that 
he may be up 14 to nothing at halftime. He's not going to run away from Ohio State. If he does, it'll be late in the game. Maybe, but... <laughs> You're I, not convinced of my I, argument. <laughs> no, because I don't think Ohio State is very good. Okay, okay. I, I, yeah, that makes I, sense. You're 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 exactly you're exactly right. Um, it, it's he's not it's not going to be you know thirty five to nothing or anything like that. But uh, Ohio State is not very good, and I don't have any faith in their ability to to keep scoring points with considering how many big runs they're gonna they're gonna allow. Um, so I I don't see if I can't believe I'm saying this because again you. Your records, you do throw them out with this, and rivalries you think are going to be close. I don't see how Ohio State keeps this a competitive game just the way they've been playing. Even though Urban Meyer is is a great, great coach, one of the best of my lifetime, and even though Jim Harbaugh has not been good against Ohio State, all those things, you know, even with all those things, I don't see how Ohio State keeps it close. Yeah, you're probably right, and and I, I would say this about Michigan. They, of course, would have to go on and play your Northwestern Wildcats, which uh, kudos to them. You've ranked them in your Matt Baker top twenty-five. Um, but I but I think that uh, uh, if Michigan goes and beats Ohio State, wins the Big Ten, they're in. They're definitely in the Final Four, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think they position themselves as the top one-loss team. They, they've just been. You know, they, they've played a, a fairly tough schedule. Um, Again, if they could beat Ohio State, then that's a top fifteen win. Certainly, um, I, I would. And their one loss was to set you know by seven to Notre Dame at Notre Dame in the opener. I think they. I think they're in. If if I think if they went out, they're in. I did get the chance to see Notre Dame. Uh, I was in New York. I'm bragging a little bit here. Somebody hooked me up with some really nice tickets. Uh, thank you, you are bragging much, a little David. bit, aren't you, Rick? Yeah. I, hey, you know I'm a name dropper. I, I leave them all over the floor. <laughs> that's true. I got something. I have no trouble doing it. Um, so there I was. Uh, not like I want to spend, you know, my free Saturdays at a football game since, you know, I don't see enough football during the week. But sure. um, college is a different deal, and it was a neat venue and, and, and a nice crowd. And, and for about 20 minutes, it was a decent game. But uh, Eric Dungy, the quarterback for Syracuse, got hurt, and I figured that would be it. Notre Dame toyed with him. They had him 20 to nothing at halftime, and then they put him away. Now, uh Notre Dame's impressive. You know, they seem to have some momentum. And what I'm most impressed about, to be honest with you, is their quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. They're a different team once they they switched from from Ian Buck. Um, You know, Wimbush did okay, I guess. Everybody thought Wimbush, uh, Brandon Wimbush, was going to be the guy. I mean, he was, I think, an Elite 11 guy um, at at high school, could, could run, who could throw, very talented. But he hasn't been he hasn't been that great. And then when they, they switched to Ian Book after the first couple games, they're a different team. He's a much better passer, and it's showing. Yes. And yeah. and they're I'm thinking back to the to Miami game last year where they inserted him a little bit um, just to try and get a spark. And I, I think one of his first passes was a pick six, and the turnover chain came out. And you know I was like, I don't know, he's not much better, but. Get, you know him a, a year later, more time with Brian Kelly's system, and give credit to Notre Dame coaching staff too. Uh, Book's not the biggest guy in the world. It's not like he was a, a five star everybody wanted. He was more of a kind of he didn't have a ton of offers. I think like Wake Forest was one of the teams on him, um, and, and but Notre Dame saw something they liked, and they've been right, and they've developed him into one of the better passers in the country. It looks like this year. 
Is there any buzz? And I, I love to do this coaching thing because we're at this time of year, right? When uh, before long, sure. it's going to be Black Monday in the NFL, and and of course, you know, there was a time I think before Notre Dame started losing again, and now of course they're winning. That um, Brian Kelly was a name that was tossed around, maybe even for the NFL. Is is there any chance that Brian Kelly is is on the list of uh, either some NFL teams or? I can't imagine you could have a better college job than, than he has right now in Notre Dame. I don't wouldn't think he'd go someplace else in college football. It would just be the NFL, right? I would think so. What if Ohio State opened? Mm. I mean, because that they're they're comparable programs. At a, sure. After a certain time, you could use a fresh start. Um, I, I think we saw that with, with Jimbo Fisher at Florida State, where yeah, you know he he, he was there for a while. And mm-hmm. after a while, every you know, it's the same people, it's the same stuff. People get tired of hearing your voice. You get tired of seeing them. You need something different. And sure. you know, K- Kelly's been the coach there since since 2010. That's like 50 years. Uh, you know, like, Notre Dame coaches, it's like dog years, right? Which is the way it works <laughs> because the the pressure is is so immense in some ways. It's such a weird culture and, and recruiting is so difficult because you have to recruit nationally and they're, they're, the booster culture is weird and it's it's a, it's a weird place. So if he can keep going there for, for this long and continue, then then good on him. He's, he's, a, he's a freak, I guess. Um, but it wouldn't be outlandish for him to think, especially if he can leave on a high note, to, to think maybe it's, maybe it's time to, to try one more time elsewhere. Um, and, and I'll give him credit. I didn't know if Notre Dame could be a national power again. Um, just the just how much times have changed in the last 25 years, or how much things sure. have changed. Um, <clears throat> where you know the 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 talent where, where Notre Dame would get guys, you know, Joe Montana from Pennsylvania and what have you. Your Pennsylvania, Ohio, that area is not what it used to be in terms of talent. The talent now is is in Florida, Texas, and California, and it's hard to convince a guy from Tampa to, to play up in, in 20 degree weather at Notre Dame. So uh, you, you add that in the, with the fact that it's been a while, aside from the Manti Teo year, it's been a while since Notre Dame's really been really good and great. And after a while, that doesn't mean anything to recruits anymore. They, they know that you can win a lot of games at, at Baylor, but they don't necessarily know you can do that in Notre Dame just because it hasn't happened a lot in their, in their lifetime. So you kind of add those things together I didn't know if it was possible for Notre Dame to get to this point again, but they absolutely are in the playoff mix. And, and Kelly is, you know, on your short list of National Coach of the Year. And so, to, to get, that's a long way of getting back to your question. I, I wouldn't. He, I could see him leaving just because after a while it, it gets old. Um, it'd have to be a great, great job, like maybe in Ohio State, and and the NFL. His name's come up with that in the past. Maybe it comes up again. Yeah, I, I expect a, a couple of NFL teams to probably at least contact him. I don't know. Sometimes these things are done on, in channels, and you never really they never really get publicized. But uh, sure. that that would not surprise me uh, in the least. They play the University of Southern California, and that's a rivalry game. USC always has speed, which usually uh, can sometimes threaten Notre Dame. Although I think their team speed is pretty good. Clay Helton, I, I think he's done uh, at USC. Now you mentioned the buyout a little while ago. Um, but this is not an automatic win for Notre Dame. I mean, when, when they play, when they play Southern Cal, I mean Southern Cal has a chance if they play perfect, maybe or or just have a good day. They they could they could pull an upset here. 
again, they, they, they have the talent. I, they just haven't shown much to make you think that they could do it. Uh, they, they've got a really young quarterback, JT Daniels, who they've, you know, he's kind of regressed, I think, a little bit over the course of the season, which is not unexpected for a true freshman for trying to replace mm-hmm. yeah, Sam Darnold. Um, but offensively, they're, they're a mess. I think Clay Heldon took over play calling duties from, from T. Martin, and that hasn't gotten any better. The defense is not good. They just lost to UCLA, which is not a particularly good team. That's I think Chip Kelly will yeah. get the Bruins up there, but not yet. Yes, there is a scenario where they win, um, I, but I think if they don't, if the, the Trojans don't start out really, you know, really looking good, then I think things could snowball in an absolute hurry there. Yeah, Washington's uh, playing Washington State. Uh, th- that's an interesting game for a lot of reasons as well. And then we got. Oklahoma, West Virginia. Um, tell me about those two matchups this weekend to conclude uh, Rivalry Week here. Yeah, the, the Apple Cup's interesting. I'm still not sold on Washington State. I mean, Gardner Minshew is, I think he's worked his way into the NFL draft in some capacity at, at quarterback. All he did last week was throw seven touchdowns against Arizona. Um, but I'm really curious to see how he's going to do against what should be a good Washington defense. Huskies have been a disappointment, but. That game has some big uh, implications on the Gators' side. I could see Washington, if they beat Washington State, leapfrogging the Gators in the college football playoff rankings, um, which could affect the Gators' chance at a New Year's Six Bowl. Oklahoma-West yeah. Virginia is, is going to be like you know 52 to 49 <laughs> or something crazy like that. It's 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 yeah. going to be like the Monday Night Football game, um, actually. Uh, I, I'm is two of the best quarterbacks in the country, Will Greer from West Virginia, the former Gator, and Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, who's uh, he's gonna get close to Tua, I think, in, in terms of the Heisman race. He he might mm. he, he's right there with him right now. Um, OU I think is positioning itself. They, they've been a little shaky the last month, but if they could beat West Virginia and beat Texas, I think they'd position themselves as the top team not in the current top four to have a chance at, at, at breaking through and, and maybe stealing that playoff spot if Michigan were to stumble or Notre Dame were to stumble. Um, and one other one, Rick, I'm very disappointed. You yeah. did not mention Illinois <laughs> Northwestern, the battle for the land of Lincoln trophy well, thingy. Did you, um, did you see the, the how what was it, 63? What was the what was the final score yeah. of, yeah. of 60, that Illinois 60, game? Yeah. Six, uh, Illinois, the fighting lovies lost sixty-three to nothing to Iowa. Um, to nothing. The, yeah, the the Champagne columnist uh, is, <laughs> wrote a great column. Um, you know, he's been covering the team in the program for thirty years. He said it was the worst performance he's ever seen. Now think about that. This guy's been this poor this poor soul has been covering Illinois football for thirty years and said that was the worst he's ever seen. And what is it, year three? At the end of year three under Lovey, if if Illinois were a normal institution that really cared about football, Lovey could I could see them firing Lovey, and maybe they still will. Um, but the AD, you know, they, they hired the AD, and one of the first things he did was go out and hire Lovey. So that'd be a fail, an admission of failure on the part of the AD to fire Lovey so soon. But um, I, I don't think my alma mater is going to beat uh, beat the Illini by sixty three, but Goodness gracious, that was one of the eye-popping scores last week that, uh, yeah, poor Lovey. Yeah, it's discouraged. I go back to disappointed. 
very it's, disappointed. It's very disappointed. The ever run it uh, rabbit uh, uh, bunny or whatever. <laughs> tough, tough break for love. You know what? He's doing well in Champagne, and uh, from a financial standpoint, yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, so I mean, but Lovey's time is coming to a close here at some point. It's just Illinois is another one of those places, man. It's where coaches' careers go to die. I mean, there just doesn't seem to be anybody um, that can make uh, the Illini competitive, regardless of what their proximity is to Chicago. Um, that's that's sort of a Big Ten wasteland out there, and. I know he's well, gotten Rick, players from, it, from East Lake and other where. He had two coaches, by the way, his own two coaches. I mean, Donnie Abraham left the program during the year, and I think Hardy Nickerson Hardy, was leaving. Yep. Well, Rick, you're you're playing for the number two team in the state of Illinois with the juggernaut in Evanston. So, uh, you know, <laughs> at best, you're the second, you're the number two team in the state. Let's let's get that straight. <laughs> it was probably true. Oh man. Well, anyway, uh, great uh, weekend of college football rivalry weekend. I think outside of the bowl series and, and bowl games, especially when we get to the national championship semifinals and whatnot, this to me is uh, is the fu- the best, funnest, most most fun weekend in college football. We look forward to it. Matt Baker will be at Florida State against Florida. You can read him on TampaBay.com. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Rick. Our thanks to Matt Baker. Uh, as always, a lot of college football to talk about. That was that was great. I'm excited about this weekend. Some sad news uh, also for O.J. Howard, the Bucks tight end. His season is over. He suffered a right foot and ankle injuries on the same play uh, following a, a catch against the New York Giants with about five minutes to go on Sunday. Now, Howard had an MRI on Monday. They wanted a second opinion uh, on Tuesday. And for the second time uh, in as many years, his season will end on the injured reserve list. So tough break for O.J. Howard. The, the injury is not supposed to uh, affect him long term which is a good thing. It's the same, as I mentioned, the same injury, that uh, same right ankle that he hurt. Uh, Monday night football against Atlanta last December, his last catch as a rookie was a 30-yard touchdown. So we hope that we send some healing vibes to uh, O.J. Howard, and it means that uh, you'll see a lot more Cameron Bright here in the future. I'll be back at One Buck Place today. We'll have a chance to talk to Jameis Winston, who takes back the reins at quarterback, maybe for the final six games. We'll see what Jameis's take is on getting that job again. The Lightning hosts... The Florida Panthers, I'm going to that game, so that's going to be quite an event. Kids are out of school. It's going to be a nice crowd, and uh, good for the Lightning to get back off that road trip. We're going to be preparing our turkeys, getting ready for Thanksgiving, a full slate of NFL NFL games coming up later this week. And, folks, remember, if you want a nice trip, a nice bonding, family bonding experience over the holidays, the weather is still great down here. Uh, The water temperature is always 72 degrees in Kings Bay and Crystal River. Go see uh, Captain Mike swimming with the manatees. If you want to book with them uh, online, you can do that at swimmingwithamanatees.com or call 352-571-1888. And as always, love your interaction on Twitter. You can do that by um, hitting us up at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 